Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bill again. We're up here at Solid Rock Bible Church. Have a message for you today. Uh, we was going to uh, put this on Facebook today, uh, but uh, we're going to wait till next week. We had some things we had to work out and everything to make sure that everything, you know, came out all right, that it could be seen and heard and all that. So I hope in next Wednesday to have it live on Facebook. And uh, But what I wanted to talk to you about for just a few minutes today, and I've entitled this message, What You Need to Know About the Devil. Now, you know, a lot of people do not believe in Satan. They think it's a scare tactic. They think, you know, that uh, Satan is not real. And, you know, and of course, that's what Satan wants you to think. He don't want you to believe in him. If you don't believe in him, then you're not going to pay any attention to any of the things that the Bible or anybody says about him because you're going to say, oh, there is no Satan. There isn't. But, you know, Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven. He talks about the punishment for the devil. There's many scriptures in the Bible where Jesus himself is referring to the devil and how wicked, how evil that he is and how he wants to destroy the lives of God's creation. So yes, there is a devil. And he, like I said, he don't want you to believe it. And this is partly man's fault. Well, I'll say it's all man's fault. You know, when they first came out with uh, talking about Satan and the devil, you know, and the images they portrayed of him of a man running around in a little red suit with horns, a forky tail, and a pitchfork. Now, you know, I know that. that, is, that it's not Satan. I don't even know where this comes from. But that's what people associate. And this is not Satan. That's, it said that Satan was, when God created Satan, Satan was beautiful. He was as a light. You know, and, and many times I've heard people talk about, and even your main theologists talk about Satan being God's praise and worship leader in heaven. They talk about his trebles, his voice, and how beautiful. But, you know, Satan let pride get a hold of him, and he wanted to be not like God, but he wanted to be above God. He wanted his throne up above God's throne. He let pride... He let jealousy and all this come between him and his creator. And uh, it got to the point there was a war in heaven and God kicked Satan out. Many people say, well, many people think Satan's living in hell. That, that, that's, his, that's where he's at. No, not yet. He's not. He is here upon this earth and I'm going to show you something here in a minute. But he is on this earth walking to and fro throughout this earth. He is looking for God's creation. He's looking for those people that he can do harm to, that he can kill, steal from, destroy. He is, that, is what, that, that is Satan's primary job on this earth is to kill, steal, and to destroy and I will, I will show you that in a minute. But anyway, I just uh, wanted to kind of say those things right now. That Satan is real. Don't think he's not, because he is. And, you know, that day that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, do you realize that your eternal home changed from a place called hell 
to a place called heaven. You were destined for hell until Jesus Christ changed your address. And that's the day that you accepted Christ and put your faith in him. And it was also the day that something else happened. It was a day that a spiritual war began in your life. You know, just for just a second, I've had many people, I say many, quite a few, ask me, you know, they say and tell me, say, you know, when I accepted Jesus, I thought everything was going to be all right. I didn't think I'd have any more problems. I thought everything would be just fine. But, you know, I, I, I have more problems now with trying to do what's right than I did before I accepted Christ. And I said, that's right, and you always will. Because you've got an enemy out there coming against you that is trying to draw you back into that old life that you came out of. He is trying to turn you away from God. He wants to draw you back. He wants to pull you away from God. So he is still out there. He's still coming against him. This is what we call the spirit warring against the flesh. That is when you've been in the flesh for so long. You've had that sin nature for so long. Satan don't want to give you up. We have to decide which is strong. The spirit or the flesh. And you know which one's the strongest? It's the one you feed the most. The one you feed the most gets stronger. How do you feed? You feed the spirit through the word of God. You get that word of God down into, that, into your spirit and you become stronger and stronger and stronger to where you overrule the flesh or the sin that's that, that, that you once had, that, that Satan is trying to draw you back into. You know, so that day that you said yes to Jesus Christ, you said, Lord Jesus, come into my life, that is also the day that your heart and mind became a spiritual battlefield. Yes, that is Satan's favorite playground, is the thoughts and the things that he puts in your mind. He puts these things in your mind. He, your mind is his playground. That's where he comes to you. That's where he hits you at. You know, so that is the day that you came to realize that not only is there a God who loves you, but there is also a devil that hates you and wants to drag you back, like I said a while ago, into your old lifestyle, back into that simple life that you came out of. You know, and the thing about it is, we should never underestimate Satan. He is a very cunning, he's a very skillful enemy with a lot of experience in dealing with humanity. Even though he is a powerful enemy, we can overcome him. And I, want, I just want to show you some things here just right quick. I want to show you some facts about Satan. <clears throat> First of all, Satan's powers are nowhere near the powers of God. God is so much stronger, so much powerful. Listen, there, there's three things here that, that, that we need to remember about God. First of all, God is omnipotent. That means he is all-powerful. There is nothing that can come against God that he, cannot, that he cannot come against himself, that he cannot defeat. 
It says God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. Do you know, do you realize God is all-knowing? He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He knows what you're going to think before you think it. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. This is God. Now, Satan cannot do that. God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means that God can be everywhere at one time. Well, how does he do that? By his Holy Spirit, by the Spirit that's living on the inside of you. That is the Spirit of God. That day that you accepted Jesus Christ, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit dwells in you. It says in the Bible, do not you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Yes, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He is with you night, day, everywhere you go, everything you do, the Spirit is going with you. So you are never alone. You've always got God with you. And you know, and Satan, is he doesn't have any of these attributes that God has, or these qualities, or these traits. Satan is very powerful. And more so, Satan is more powerful than any man, and more powerful than most angels. But Satan is nowhere near as powerful as our God. Satan's knowledge is limited, and he cannot read your mind. You say, wait a minute. Well, how come these thoughts come to my mind? How come? You know, it's mine. He can't read it. And while God can be here at one time, Satan can only be in one place at one time. But Satan does not work alone. This is what I'm saying. Remember, I don't know if you, well, I'll just put it like this. It said that when Satan was kicked out of heaven, that he took a third of the angels with him. These are now what we consider demons. He took those with him. These demons are working for Satan. They are, you have a demon that listens to you, what you speak out of your mouth. Have you ever got to that point that you just, it's okay, let's just say you become angry at a person. And you speak this out. Oh, every time I see that person, I get so angry, I get so mad, I can just bite nails. What you spoke out of your mouth, the demon heard it. And Satan places that in your mind. Every time you see that person, you become more angry and more angry. And if you probably realize this, you will now start seeing that person more than you've ever seen them before. Satan is like this. That's how Satan works. You know, Satan does not work alone. No, his demon forces, they do his dirty work. They are out in this world. And here, listen to what it says here in Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put the whole armor of of God, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Man out there, your husband, your wife, your brother-in-law, whoever, that is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weaknesses, weaknesses in high places. These demons, Satan, they can 
working atmosphere up there, but Satan is also walking upon this earth. You know, Satan can do nothing in the life of a Christian. Satan cannot do nothing in the life of a Christian without God's permission. While God may allow some demonic attacks in your life, you are still under God's that divine protection. God has got a hedge around you. I'm going to show you something here in the book of Job. In the book of Job, for instance, it says, we see the angels coming to present themselves before God. And Satan is with them. And God said to Satan, from where do you come? He said, hey, Satan, where did you come from? And Satan answered, from going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. No, Satan is on the earth. He is not in hell, not yet. He will be one day, but right now, he is not in hell. Now, he's got some angels that, 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 that God has put chains on and thrown into the fiery pit, but right now, Satan is walking to and fro upon this earth. And I'm going to show you what I was talking about here a while ago. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8. Now, we need to listen to this because we're being warned. It's in 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober or be alert. Be vigilant. Be on guard. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he is as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. He is looking for someone to devour. He, and that, that someone he wants is a Christian. That someone he wants is a follower of God. And he is, he is warning you. You know, in, in, I'm, I'm, I got a scripture here that I want to uh, talk to you. I mean, just bring it to you. It's in John 10, 10. Now listen to this. This is Jesus himself. It says, the thief, Satan, comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That is Satan's main job. That is what he is doing upon this earth, just like it said over here in 1 Peter 5, 8. Walking about, seeking whom he may devour. But you know here it said, the thief cometh not but, for, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then Jesus says, I am come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ wants you to have a life more abundantly. He wants you to have a life that is overflowing. He wants you to have a good life, a life that's overflowing. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to be there for you. And then the Lord said something. I'm, I'm going to go back to, to, to Job here. Then the Lord began, you know, it said that the Lord began to brag on Job who was a blameless and an upright man in God's eyes. And of course, look what, look what Satan then comes out with. Satan in his response pointed out the hedge of protection God had placed around Job, his household, and everything he owned. You know that God still has a hedge of protection around his people. 
His people. He still has that hedge of protection. I know my wife and I, we pray all the time about God's hedge of protection around our family, our grandchildren, our son-in-law, our daughter, that God's hedge of protection is around them. I pray for the hedge of protection around our church, around the people in the church. I pray that God's hedge of protection is there for them and will protect them. You know, so we see by this scripture that in spite of Satan's power, he had to ask permission when it come to the life of a child of God because God has placed a hedge of protection around those that belong to him. God knew what, what we were going to be facing. He knew that we were going to have a war here with an arch enemy of God, and that's Satan. He knew there was going to be a war. But God said, I'm going to place my hedge of protection around you. And Satan cannot come through that hedge of protection without my permission. Now, sometimes God does allow demonic attacks upon a person. You know, but that day that you placed your faith in Christ, you came under Jesus Christ's protection. You came under God's hedge of protection. Jesus placed his name. He put The day you accepted him, he put his name on you that says, property of Jesus Christ bought by the blood. You are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is that hedge of protection that is around you. Satan knows this, and he knows that he can't penetrate the blood of Jesus. Now, this doesn't mean that the devil can't try and that he won't try to lure you away from God's protection and draw you into his web of deception. What is, what is it that Satan wants to do? Satan wants to draw you into sin. See, why? Why? Because God hates sin. The Bible says, for God cannot look upon sin. If man has sin on him, has sin in him, and he does not repent of it, God cannot hear his prayers. God does not answer his prayers. God has to turn his face from it. God cannot look up on sin. And I think Sunday, I, in my sermon, I mentioned that, that. That, you know, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, and he was on the cross, Jesus said something. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because at that moment is when all the sins of the world was poured out upon Jesus Christ. The sins of the world were poured out upon, his, upon God's Son. And God couldn't even look at his own Son. He had to turn his face away from Christ while he was covered with those sins. See, God cannot look upon us when we have sin. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to drag us back into the sins that we used to, that, that we used to, to live in. We once serve sin. You know, if, if sin is just something that God hates, he hates it. He will not put up with it. He will not look upon it. And he will not accept it. We have to get rid of sin in our life if we want to be a child of God. This is why as a child of God, you should stay as close to God as you possibly can and keep as much distance between you and the devil as possible. 
Now, you know when you're being tempted about something. Now, Zabel's real good about that because he knows exactly your weakest point. He knows what will tempt you. I'm just going to say, maybe at one time, maybe you used to go to the bars. Maybe you used to go in and drink a beer or this or that. Now you've got these friends coming to you. You say, oh, come on, Bill. It won't hurt you to go come in and have one beer. Yes, it would. Because one would lead to another one and another one. And before you know it, you're right back what you just got out of. Temptation. Whatever, the, whatever your temptation is. But you know, I like the, I, I like the, 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 and they said, God, there is no temptation that's come up on, you know, man that is not common. All of us are tempted. But he, but God has made a way of escape. You know what that way of escape is? When you're tempted, turn around and with all your might, run from it. Don't let it get a hold of you. Leave it. Leave it. Walk away from it. Don't even go into it. That is how we avoid being, not avoid being tempted, but that's how we keep from doing the temptation. You know, temptation itself is not a sin. We're all tempted. Jesus was tempted in the desert, but he said, but without sin, because Jesus didn't, didn't fall into the temptation. He didn't do the temptation. What? Jesus did was he fought the temptation. How did he do it? By the word of God. The devil come to him and said, oh, if, see he's trying to put doubt in, even in Jesus' mind, if you be the son of God, turn these rocks, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus looked at him and said, man does not live by bread, alone, by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, he said, Satan, no, I will not. I will not be tempted by you. And Satan left him. But we see in there about, it was a total about three times that Satan came and tempted him. He will tempt you. He will leave for a little, it said for a time or a period, but he comes back. Be ready, because he's going to come back. But when you have that word of God down on the inside of you, you can make Satan tremble and you can make Satan leave. You know, and the things that Satan says to you, they're all a lie. He'll sit there and lie to you. I want to hear in John chapter 8, verse 44. Listen to what this says. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees now and he is comparing them to Satan. <clears throat> he is saying, you are of your father the devil. He's saying the devil is the Pharisee's father. And the lust of your father you will do. Think about that. Because he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. He didn't live in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. In the Bible it says for, Jesus, for Satan is a father of all lies and the truth is not in him. Anytime Satan speaks of something out of his mouth, it is against the word of God. He will not agree with God. So if somebody comes to you and tells you, now God told me to tell you this. Now if it doesn't line up with God's word, you walk away. Don't listen to it. 
Because God will never contradict himself. He will never go against what he said. So that is one important thing that we need to do is be in the Word of God so that when somebody comes against us, say, well, God told me to tell you this. If that's not from God, don't listen to it. Don't pay attention to it. Get away from it. You know, the devil wants to pull you down. He wants to pull you down right in front of God. Then he wants to accuse you to God. You know, the scripture referred to Satan as the accuser. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it calls him the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night. Every time that man did something, he accused that person of God. God, look at this man. He, he, he sinned. Look at all the sin that he's had. Look at all the things that he's done. Well, God doesn't see that sin. He sees the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't see the sin. So when you are accepted by Jesus Christ, or you have accepted Jesus Christ, you've got rid of sin. You're not living in that sin anymore. Satan wants you to believe that you're not even worthy to come to God. He, he will approach you. you ever, I've had people say, well, I just don't feel like I'm worthy. You know, before I can come to God, I have to get right. I have to do things to clean myself up. I'll just look at them and I'll say, there ain't not one thing you can do, but Jesus can. He'll wash you in the blood. He'll wash the sin off of you. And God will never see that sin again if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But see, Satan wants you to believe, like I said, you're not worthy to come to God. But you're not coming to God or approaching God on the basis of what you did, on the basis of of how worthy you are. You're coming to God on the basis of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You're coming to God for what Jesus did. You know, Jesus came and He treated us. He gave us, when He got on that cross, He traded us His righteousness for our sins. He said, I'm going to put my righteousness on you and I'm going to take your sin off of you and put it on myself and I'm going to take the punishment that you deserve. That's how much I love you. We just need to remember this because the devil doesn't want you to know it. He doesn't want you to remember it. He wants to accuse you before God and, and keep you as far from God as he possibly can. The difference between Satan's accusations or his accusations, you know, and the Holy Spirit's conviction. You know, the Holy Spirit does not condemn you. Now, He will convict you. But the difference between Satan's convictions and the Holy Spirit's convictions is that Satan will always drive you away from the cross. And Jesus will always draw you closer. Jesus will draw you closer to the cross. The devil was defeated at that cross. The devil lost his hold on us at the cross. He lost his hold on us when Jesus shed that blood. It is for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Jesus shed his blood. He washed us in that blood. That our sins were washed away. They weren't just covered. They were completely washed away and gone. And God said, I will never remember those sins on you again. I'll cast them as far as the east is from the west and never remember those sins again that you, that you had on your life at one time. 
Look at Colossians 2.15. Now this is being on the cross. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, Jesus made a public spectacle of them. Of them, what do you mean? He made a public spectacle of Satan and his demons triumphing over them on that cross. The moment that first drop of blood fell, Satan was defeated. He is a defeated enemy. He is defeated. You know, at Calvary, at the cross, the devil lost his hold on the life of the human race. We just have to know this, and we have to confess this. This means that each of us can be set free by the power of Jesus Christ when we receive him as our Lord and as our Savior. Let me ask you, have you been set free? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You know, we're at a time right now, and I know many of us are going through things, but I am so glad that going through this, I know who I can depend on. I know who I can depend on. I know who my Savior is. I know who my God is. And I depend on them. I call upon them, and you know what? They answer. They answer. The Son of God was sent to this earth. He says that he was sent. Let, let me read a scripture right fast. First John chapter 3, verse 8. It says, He that commits sin is of the devil. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. And it is for this purpose the Son of God was manifested or brought forth that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's one reason Jesus came, to destroy the works of the devil that comes against God's creation. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you have a power working inside of you like you've never had before. You'll have a peace, you'll have a comfort, Oh, you're going to have tribulation come against you. Matter of fact, Jesus said that you will have tribulation in this life. Just think about the tribulation Jesus had. But I'll tell you what. Jesus is there to comfort us and to bring us out of it. So let just let me ask you. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your life, would you do that today? Because like I've said, and I, I mean this with all my heart, none of us are promised tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation. Today is the opportunity that God has given you to say yes to Jesus Christ. Please do it. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your son Jesus Christ for sending him to this earth. Lord, you knew what, what your people were going to go through. You knew the suffering. You knew the, the, the tribulation that, that, that the enemy was going to bring. But you sent your son to put that hedge of protection around us to keep us safe, Lord. Lord, thank you for loving us so much. Lord, thank you for all that you've done, for what you're going to do. I thank you that you're watching over your people, those that have accepted your son, Jesus Christ. These are your people. These are your children. And Lord, your hand is upon us. Lord, I just pray that you would, that anybody that has not accepted you, that you will draw them to you. That you will draw them to you, Lord, so they'll say yes to you. They will receive Jesus. Lord, 
Just, just like your servant Billy Graham said, said, I don't never, I've never known a man who accepted Christ and regretted it. You'll never regret receiving Jesus into your life. I want to thank all of you for that, that's listening or out there today. But please, just know Satan is real and he's after you. But God has a hedge of protection that he will place around you if you will receive his son, Jesus Christ. So thank you all for being out there. See you next week. Y'all have a great and blessed day. Amen.